Good morning. Welcome to Celebration Church. Let's all stand together as our campuses join with us over in Appleton and in Stevens Point, as well as those who watch us all around uh, central and northeastern Wisconsin, as well as the internet. Let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is who we are, what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Good to have you with us uh, this morning. We just finished uh, a Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage event here in Green Bay. Uh, Friday and Saturday had a fabulous time. The place, the place was full and just we just had a riot and what can I say? It was a blast. We're going to be doing something as well in Appleton, at our Appleton campus, in downtown Appleton. You don't know where it is? Go online and check it out, celebrationchurch.tv. But it's going to be May 20th. Now, what we're going to do there, it's going to be a one-night presentation. It's going to kind of be the best of the entire event in one packed night. It will be hilarious and a lot of fun. So we hope to uh, pack it up. I'm sure, actually, we'll pack it up. We'll probably sell it out right away, and then we'll add a Saturday night as well. And if that sells out, we can always add another night. Uh, it's uh, not that I'm that famous down there. It's just a really small place. <laughs> it's like 250 people max, probably. Well, 350, we stuffed it. But uh, around 250, 300, and then we'd have to uh, shut it down and open up another night. So it should sell out fast. Uh, we'll start advertising on the radio for it, not this week, but next week. We expect a really good response. So uh, those of you in Appleton who'd like to come, invite some people. Great way to introduce people to the uh, campus there, actually. Uh, those of you in Stevens Point, maybe they didn't want to come all the way here. It's a lot easier drive to uh, Appleton. Go check that out. May 20th. All right. We are in the final installment on a series entitled Sex and marriage. And if you're visiting for the first time this morning, you think, oh, I didn't know they were going to talk about this. That's as graphic as we get. <laughs> just saying the word. All right. So it's not a how-to lesson. It's just, you know, we're talking about it. All right. Our text has been 1 Corinthians, the seventh chapter, where the Apostle Paul writes about the motivations of marriage and what should be happening within marriage. He writes, he says, since there's so much sexual immorality, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife and each woman with her own husband. The husband should fulfill his marital duty, i.e. sex, to his wife, and likewise the wife to her husband. So in the first installment on this, we talk really basically the fundamental reason, biblically speaking, for marriage is for sexual fulfillment. It was, well, it's for children. Well, uh, you know, maybe in the beginning, but even that, I guess, is debatable. Uh, the reason God brought uh, Eve into Adam's life is, you know, God made all these creatures and looked at Adam walking around. It didn't take long before he said, this boy needs some help. 
you know. So brought him a wife and, and, and uh, all of that. And it doesn't take long into the Old Testament that the whole thing, read the Song of Solomon, that the whole thing's about love, passion, and sex. I mean, this is celebrated thousands of years before even Christianity starts. Uh, and then Paul talking about the fundamental reason is for sexual fulfillment. It's not the only reason. I didn't say it was the only reason, all right? There's other reasons, but the main one is that. And quite frankly, and the reason I even say this is because we run into problems with us everywhere. Uh, people have this problem. People who get married who have absolutely no interest or desire in sex, and then they make the other person absolutely miserable. Don't do that to somebody. If you're not interested in this, and some people aren't, Others said, well, I could kind of be. No, 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 this isn't a kind of be. This is, you know, I want this, all right? If you don't want to, just stay single. Listen, the Apostle Paul says, if you're single, you'll have less stress, <laughs> all right? And he said, I'm just trying to cut you some slack here. He says, he who marries will have trouble in this life. And all the married people said, amen, praise God, yeah. So why would you do that? Because of the sexual component. Say, well, I want to get close to somebody. I want to have a prayer party. I want to, you know, you can get all that without being married. You know, well, I want to snuggle with somebody at night. Get a dog, you know, for heaven's sakes. <laughs> if you're not interested in this, don't do it. And if you are interested, don't play games. Just marry the person. And this is particularly for single people, all right, younger ones. But even some of your older ones, man, don't be, none of this dating for years on end. Stop it. Seriously. Even young people, you date someone for a year. If they don't say, I want to marry you in a year, you really ought to dump their butt and move on. So you don't waste years of your life. And you older ones, you may not like to hear this, but suck it up, buttercup. All right? Some of you, not even a year. You're an adult. You get this. The longer you do this, the more you're going to be wanting touching things that you shouldn't be touching, and you have all kinds of problems. Just, if you want to be with someone, marry them. Well, I don't know if I want to marry them. Then dump them and get somebody else. What do you think this is, for heaven's sakes? You're not teenagers anymore. You're adults. You shouldn't even wait for a year. As far as I'm concerned, don't yell at me. All right. So encourage your young people. You young people say, oh, I, well, I want a boy and I want a girl. Okay, fine. You know, you find somebody you really want to be with, just marry them. Don't be playing house. All right? Because it creates problems, which we will discuss in just a minute. So the first one is the reason for marriage. That's the reason for, and we should encourage marriage, by the way. Our culture treats marriage like a disease, like it's a disease, Oh my gosh, you got to do everything you can to stay inoculated as long as possible before you give in to this. Don't think like that. Marriage is not a life sucker. It won't suck the life out of your young people. It'll give them life. It'll energize them. It'll stabilize them. Some of the reason they got so many kids in their 20s and 30s that are such scatterbrains is they're not stabilized so they haven't gotten married yet. And they're drifting all over the place. And don't let them stay at home with you at some point. Kick them out. Good grief. They're not going to die. Some of y'all don't want them to leave. I know you don't. You know, oh, I don't know. I, don't, I can't be an empty nester. Oh. I don't get it, you know. When our kids left, people say, how are you handling it? We said, thank God. <laughs> They're gone. Didn't take long before they came back. <laughs> They're back. What are you going to do? You got to help them out for a while, but then kick them out again. 
Good grief. It's healthy for them, especially men. And I don't even want to say men because they're boys. I don't care if they're 48. They're still single. They're boys. They don't grow up. They don't mature. Still playing video games till five in the morning. That's the extent of their relational experience. You guys, you're not going to mature into a man until you get married. Good grief. So much I want to say, but then I get people mad. So I just... All right, so that was lesson one. Lesson two was, if you're married, you're supposed to be having sex with each other. That's what Paul talked about. He actually calls it your marital duty, reporting for duty. All right? Now, the problem here is some people, they don't do their duty because they've got their reasons. Ah, We'll talk a little bit about that in just a second. But you have to understand, biblically, you're supposed to be doing this. And... It has been understood for a long time, even quoting from theologians a couple of hundred years ago, that if you're not having sex very often with your spouse and they wind up cheating on you, it's on you. Now, that you almost never hear today. That is a biblical fact. And uh, these people, you know, you hear about some pastor committing adultery. Oh, he's such an evil guy. And everybody goes and hugs the poor girl. Oh, he's so bad. Do you ask some questions? I do this. I ask questions. How often did you have sex? I just talked to Pastor recently. How long, you know, because that's what happened to him. Well, just, you know, of course, they feel bad. And I said, no, no, okay, I get it. How often were you having sex? In his case, six times a year. So what do you think's going to happen? Talk to another pastor about an hour and a half from here. Falls in a sexual sin. You know, he's destroyed his life, you know, because you're a pastor, it's over. You know, he's evil, the poor girl, everybody's hugging the girl. So, well, what was up? And I, said, and I asked questions. What was it like with you and your wife? Once a year. You know, you think that it's all on them. I'm telling you, it's on you. It's that person. And I know people, I think they're absolutely evil the way they're acting. Well, they're not, but they're acting evil. It's these husbands or wives, and it goes both ways. I've heard it both ways, where they literally starve out their spouse sexually in order to cause them to commit adultery. And then when they commit adultery, they're the hero, and then they get to find somebody else. Now, you can play your little game. You can hide. Nobody knows. But I'm telling you, God knows. And there's going to be a judgment day someday when all the light's going to be shining on all this stuff. You don't be playing these games. You've got a responsibility. You're supposed to be paying attention to each other. Well, we got all these. Okay, we're talking about it in just a minute. But that's what you're supposed to be doing. It is stunning to me the number of couples who are not sexually active with each other, which is the final lesson today. Now, there's three fundamental issues at play. One is sometimes there's just relationship problems. You know, it's hard to be physical with someone that makes you want to vomit, right? I mean, just, just... <laughs> it is what it is, okay? You're having relational problems, but that stuff you can fix. That's why we just did this event this weekend. We focused on relational problems. They can be adjusted. And those of you who went, you know, you already feel better today. Ah, just everyone. And the thing is, is you need that more than like once every 18 years. You need to kind of adjust this thing. It's hard. Marriage is hard. As Paul said, it's hard. Okay. Just keep making the adjustments. You get to the point where you're not getting along and you're having these relationship breakdowns. Of course, you're not going to have much of a physical connection. So that's one of the major ones, if not the major one, is the relational breakdown, 
okay? And it can be guilty on both sides. We won't get into it all. The second one is just physical problems. Um, sometimes people just have physical problems uh, as they res- a lot of times just as you get older or just changes in life. I mean, it just, it is what it is. Your hormonal imbalances go up, particularly for women. They're much more sensitive to that stuff. Some of y'all have major hormone changes every 28 days. Like, you know, when it comes down again. Well, and this can go all over the place. And if this, if that's not in balance, this doesn't work. What should feel, and guys don't get this. What you think should feel good doesn't feel good to them. If it's really out of balance, it actually hurts when you touch them. You know, you need to help them get this straight. Uh, in fact, we're having a, uh, a, a one-night little mini-conference, a few hours, uh, uh, June 4th. We're calling it Unlocking Intimacy. I'm going to be doing it with Dr. Patrick Flynn, and uh, we're going to be talking about how to deal with this side of it. Now, it doesn't mean you just come if you're having problems, or if you come that you're admitting you're having problems. It's just it, you need to know this. Every man should come to this just so they can try and figure out that's woman they're married to and all the that's going on okay you say well i haven't hit that yet hang on all right (laughs) you know and uh you know then you got the change of life and they go through that and they you know burst into flames every 20 minutes and stuff like that you know (laughs) that's one way to keep your heating bill down though is a Hormonal, you get like eight hormonal women in a room, you can turn down the thermostat, it's cheap, right? Because they all have their own little personal summers. Wow, I'm hot, it's 20 degrees out, I'm burning up, you know. That's, that's also, you need to come because you're going to run into this, Jack, all right, if you're not running into it already. And even men, men have hormonal, now ours is a lot simpler and basic, the whole testosterone thing. Seriously, you can take the most studly guy, you remove his testosterone, he's not interested in this at all. He turns into a eunuch. And you want to, he does. I mean, not literally physically, but you might as well. There's nothing there anymore. That's the point of a eunuch. Yeah, and then you don't have any more testosterone. Some guys, their systems get so jacked up. And the truth is, Americans, we're kind of unhealthy because we're Americans. Number one, we don't want to exercise. You know, I, <laughs> talking about our doctor friends. <laughs> Last Sunday, she says, do you exercise? I said, I do. I do sit-ups every day. She says, that's good. I said, yeah, I sit up, and then at night, I go back down. You know, and that's... <laughs> I don't think she was impressed by that. But anyway, that's... So we're married. We don't want to exercise, and we eat lousy, and, you know, and things get all goofy. So I figured I just had my blood tested, you know, because I'm working on this, you know. And, and uh, they looked at my results, and he said, man, your, your estrogen is high. And I went, excuse me? Your estrogen, oh, good Lord, you know. So, you know, some of you know I did a DNA test late, you know, a few months ago. I'm part black. Now I'm, I'm part woman. It's like, what the heck is that? You know, so I got to start eating better because things are getting a little goofy. My wife told me the other day I'm getting grumpy. Good Lord, I'm turning into an angry black woman. So, it's like, so, People say, what's wrong with your past? He's just an angry black woman. He'll get over it. He'll, he'll, just, he'll just give him some time. He'll be fine. So, so we're going to do this thing June 4th, okay? Unlocking into He's talking about the physical side of this. And then it's, again, it's not the how-to. It's about getting your body in tune. The truth is, if your body's in tune, you should be able to enjoy this into your 80s and 90s. Seriously. 
A lot of people hit their 50s and they quit having sex because their bodies are just so jacked up, their systems are so off. The good news is it can be corrected, and fairly simply, not with surgeries and stuff like that. It's just getting your system back. And, and uh, Anyway, <laughs> come to the deal. We'll advertise it June 4th, okay? Uh, so that relational problems, physical problems, also creates this problem where people are not being active. But then we get to the third problem, and this is the most common one, and this is what everybody deals with. And it's just this. Everybody's different. Repeat after me. Everybody's different. Emotionally, we're different. Physically, we're different. Our energy levels are different. Our intellects are different. It just, it is what it is. At some point, in virtually every marriage, there's very few that are at the same level, but virtually in every marriage, you have one person who's way more interested in sex than the other person. Sometimes it's a little different. Sometimes it's a major difference. creates a lot of tension and stuff. But there's not anything really wrong. It's just that's the difference. And everybody knows this. The secular world knows this. But of course, what they suggest is living together. It's the number one reason people encourage people to live together to find out if you're sexually compatible. The problem is you don't learn if you're sexually compatible because there's like this artificial thing that kicks in. And you don't really figure it out until you're actually doing life together. Here's the thing. And they've studied this. There's this uh, uh, great book called uh, The Sex Star of Marriage, if you want to look into the details of it. Uh, but uh, the phys- physiology of what happens. So you have someone who's make, maybe normally here. Uh, and, and sometimes, you know, stip- typically it's the man, but not always. Sometimes it's the woman. And I know stereotypically, you know, we're thinking, well, it's the man who's interested in the and woman isn't. I'm telling you, I personally receive complaints five to one the other way. The women married to guys like here. And again, there's reasons for this. But anyway, so whatever, it doesn't really matter. You got one who's really interested and one who normally is like at this level. What happens during the dating process is the person who's here gets temporarily kind of almost artificially lifted up to here. It's called endorphins and stuff that fills your bloodstream because of the newness of the relationship and the attention you're paying to each other and just, oh, and it kind of, it messes things because what happens is the person here gets this person here and, and this person's thinking, oh, great, I got someone who's just as jacked up as I am. Woo! And this person's thinking, oh, I finally have someone who makes me feel like this. Oh, okay, so the thing, in the beginning of the relationships, everybody's like, Okay, but, but then, again, it's not real. And living together is not going to sort this out. You're not going to know what's real. So after they're married, it starts to change. The person who's normally down here starts to drop down here. Some people, it takes several years. Some people, it takes a few days. And they just start to drop. And now you have this. And now you've got problems. The one who's here feels like they were lied to that they were deceived. The one who's here thinks the other one is, a, is an animal who's an insensitive animal who like, just Lord, take a breath for heaven's sakes. Okay? So that's normal. Every, almost every relationship has this going on. What's the answer? Number one, the person who's like this needs to learn to tone it down a bit. For the love of God, Control yourself. Control yourself. You think, well, come on, I'm married. We should do it every day. For the love of God, tone it down. Okay? You're going to kill somebody. Just, 
you, you don't got to be going at it constantly. Well, I want it. I know you want it, but control yourself. One of the fundamental ex- elements of the Christian experience is self-control. Everybody say self-control. self-control. It's one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. You're supposed to be able to control yourself. And by the way, people who don't control themselves uh, really become problematic. Because they point to the other person, they're not interested in all the time, but they become problematic. And, and it's the number one reason I tell you people who are dating, and I don't care if you're 17 and dating or you're 73 and dating, all right? The reason that you need to wait until you're married is you need to control yourself. This is particularly with younger uh, people who they never control themselves. They never say no to this. From the time they're 12, they never say no to this. I'm telling you, our culture is crazy. And they're dating, so they're dating, they have all kinds of sex and versions of sex, and they're in their 20s, and they're kind of just going, 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 going. And then they finally come to us and say, okay, we're getting married. And say, well, you're having sex. Well, I know we're not supposed to, but we are. You know, it's like, well, stop. Well, we can't. Of course you can. Now, here's the thing. Why? If you cannot say no to this before you get married, you're going to have a hard time saying no to it after you get married. You girls who think you're giving this boy everything he wants, no, it'll be no problem, we're going to get married. Listen, at some point, you're going to run into the problem later where he can never control himself. These are guys who cheat on their wives all the time. Why? Because they've never learned to say no to this. At some point, you need to get a clue, particularly to you young men. You're not going to die You all think you're going to die. It certainly feels like you're going to die, but you're not going to die. People say, you know, well, I have a sexual need. No, you don't. You have a sexual want. I know because our culture, because they all think we're animals. We're not animals. You You know what you need? You need oxygen. You do. Without oxygen, you're dead. Without food, you're dead. Without water, those are needs. No one has ever died from lack of sex. Ever. (laughs) There has never been a morgue with a cadaver in it and a toad tag that reads lack of sex (laughs) as the cause of death. It has never happened. It will never happen. You will not die. You need to, and that's why when you come to us, we tell you to stop it. And oftentimes we say, we're not going to marry you if you don't stop it. Well, it was a stop it. Why? You need to control yourself. Because if you can't say no before, you won't be able to say no after. And you think I'm making this up. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. The girl has a baby. She can't be physical for, you know, weeks, sometimes a couple of months. The guy acts like he's going to die. I have these guys talking to me. Man, my wife just had a baby. It's been two weeks. What am I supposed to do? Stick your head in a toilet and flush it, for heaven's sakes. <laughs> You Nimrod, you're not going to die. Control yourself. (laughs) Stop it. And you would be brokenhearted to learn how many men cheat on their wives during that period. There's just no reason for it. Stop it. At some point, she might get cancer, lose all her hair, and spend most days puking her ever-loving guts out. Do you know how many men cheat on their wives, leave their wives when they have cancer? It's a major problem. Sometimes it's the woman, leaves the guy. He's in the hospital, she can't get any more, you know, so she dumps him and goes running around with other men. This happens all the time. 
One of the main fundamental reasons I do a lot of work with the military, why military divorce is so high, is because they deploy this guy for six months to a year or whatever, and she can't handle it. She's out messing around with other guys. They come home, all hell breaks loose because she can't wait. Can't wait. She's never controlled herself. Every situation she's ever been around with a man, she just went for it. You have to learn to control yourself. Well, I'm not in the army. Well, this, this is not the army. He might get a job where he's got to go to North Dakota for six months to work. That would suck. <laughs> I love North Dakota. I'll be there in a few months. But anyway, so, uh, you know, <laughs> people do this all the time for work. They can't be around each other. And then you're having an affair now? Yeah, I couldn't wait. Or is anybody around? You need to control yourself. For heaven's sakes. So the person who's up here needs to learn to bring it down. The person who's down here needs to learn to bring it up. You need to be intentional. A lot of you down here think, well, your problem is just he's not romantic enough, or she's not romantic enough, or I've just had a busy day, or you're waiting for the moon and the stars to align just right, and the weather, you know, the barometric pressure to be 30.02, and the wind's got to blow from the south, and then if everything's done, you're okay. No, that's not the way this is. That's why he says it's a duty. Do your duty, for heaven's sakes. You do it intentionally. You need to plan on this just as intentional as any other area of your life. And on average, everybody wants to know the number. It, it varies from, on average, it's every three days. That's on average. Now, some is less, some is, I don't care. I'm not going to be there, and I don't want to know. <laughs> but this once a month nonsense. That's, that's just crazy. Unless you're both happy, I don't care. You can do it once a year. I don't care if you're both digging it. One day a year, they're smiling. Today's the day, you know. <laughs> but that's usually not the case. One is denying the other one. You're not supposed to deny each other. Again, complaints five to one. Women who complain to their husbands deny them. Probably because he's looking at porn. Oh, that's a whole other subject. Good grief. Spilling his life for nothing. Stop it. Talk about your testosterone levels. The number one way men drape, drape, drop their testosterone levels today is with that nonsense. And it just jacks them up. There's no reason for this. Control yourself. The other ones, you do it intentionally. You've got to be intentional about it. The moon and stars don't always have to be lined up properly. It's like everything you do in life, you just do because you need to do it. We go to work because you got to go to work. Do you want to go to work? Most people, they don't want to go to work. Oh, I love my job. Good for you. <laughs> you know, most of us, we'd rather, you know, sit inside and eat potato chips. You know, I don't want to go. But you got to go to work. You don't ask. You just do what you got to do. You got to clean out the garage. Guys, right? You got to change the oil. You got to clean the toilet. You don't clean the toilet because, man, you know what I'm really feeling like today? I just feel like it's a toilet day. You, know, you want to clean it? This will be great because I just really, this is going to be awesome. Nobody does. Well, I don't think anybody does that. You know? I don't know. Back off your meds a little. But uh, you don't say, oh, well, today's going to be toilet day because I just love cleaning the toilet. We're going to make a big special party out of it. Woo! And we all clean the toilet. No, you do it because you just got to do it. You got to be intentional in life. And that includes your sex life. You married people, you listen to me? 
It's intentional. You do it on purpose. You don't need all this all happening all the time. All right? Now, here's the final thing. <laughs> I'll leave you alone. <laughs> Bring this all to an end. One of the dangers of premarital sex is that, and you have to understand, and you single young people, you don't get this. You think just sex is sex. Whether we're married or not, it's just sex. You don't understand. Sex outside of marriage is not the same as in. Anybody here who's done both knows what I'm talking about. It's not the same. The one is way more exciting than the other one, though the other one is much more fulfilling than the first one. But the problem is people who do the first one get so caught up on the excitement part of it, and it's called imprinting. It's, you know, as young men and young women who have these sexual experiences, they just imprint on that, and then they have a difficult time being sexual in marriage. And that's like the fourth category. They actually have it because of this thing that's fried in their heads, and boy, is it hard to undo. And I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad, okay? Although I'm very gifted at that. <laughs> you got that problem, that's a hard one. And you just got to be real disciplined. You got to watch what you think, what you listen to. Uh, and listen, the world knows this. Go to any secular version of sex help. And one of the things they almost always encourage is fantasizing and role playing. Why? Because what they're trying to do is get you to imagine that you're not married so you can enjoy it while you're married. You know, pretend that she's a 16-year-old, you know, milkmaid on the farm. And he's the studly, you know, stable boy. Hey, lady, how you do? You know, and, 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 and you got to pretend these. They actually encourage this. They encourage couples to fantasize and think about these things because they're missing that excitement part of it. Because they've gotten so keyed on that, they've lost it over here. It's the number one reason we tell you single people, you young ones, don't do this over here. It can really mess with this. And you parents, and because I know a lot of you have done this, okay? A lot of you came to late faith late in life. It's great. There's forgiveness and all that stuff. But there's consequences to this stuff. Some of you to this very day, you know that you struggle in your sex life because of this. There's a lot of people. And I've talked, I heard from pastors who said, man, and pastors' wives who say, you know, I, I'm with my husband and, and I just want to be with him and just a kiss or a touch or a song or something. And I immediately think of that guy I was with before. I don't, wouldn't even dream of having the hands raised on that. This is a major problem, and it's kind of a downer, and you got to fight through it. You who wait and do it right in the first place, you don't have these problems. People who do this right, like I'm trying to teach you, you just, life is just easier. There's baggage you pick up and all this stuff. Again, it's not the end of the world. You can work through it, but you're going to have to work through it. The intentionality factor is jacked way higher. But this is a big problem. And I'll tell you what is another big one. There's a lot of people, this is very, fairly common, who live together before they're married, and when they get married, both of them are no longer interested in sex. This is very common. Because as long as it was naughty, they had all this energy. As soon as it wasn't naughty anymore, they lose the energy. What is that? That's crazy. Just talked to a lady two weeks ago in our church, one of our campuses here in Stevens Point, dating this guy, and they're all excited. And they're having sex every day, you know, for three years. They, I know it was wrong. Most of you, I know we shouldn't do it, but who cares? They finally get married. The day they got married, she no longer was interested in sex. Marriage went for years with no sex. Finally, the whole thing broke apart and fell apart. She didn't know why. I asked her about this. She said, you know, I never thought of that. She said, actually, I, th I think that's my problem. Well, now, how do you fix that? 
That's why don't mess with this stuff. Do it right. People who actually get so jazzed up in the naughty version of it, they can't do it otherwise. I, I had a guy come to me once and said, you know, uh, uh, you remember this guy, <laughs> okay? Uh, you introduced me to him. He comes to me, talks. He says, man, I just, I'm just, it's a man. I'm not interested in having sex with my wife. Again, it goes both ways. Five to one, I'm hearing. I just, I don't know. I just want to have sex with my wife. Like, really? No, I don't. Man, I'm just not interested. I said, did you have sex before you got married? Of course, then he lit up. Oh, yeah. Right away, you could tell something's wrong. I said, well, well, that's odd. So you never enjoy sex with your wife? Well, you know, if we go out, you know, and have a dinner and stay at a hotel, then yeah, then I'm kind of in it. But otherwise, it's just, just not. I said, so let me ask you about your previous things. You had sex with other women. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're quite the stud muffin, you know. I said, what was that like? Well, I'd usually take them to dinner and take them to a hotel. You see the connection? Until he's reliving that, he's not interested in his wife anymore. That stuff is dangerous. It can be poisonous. If you've been down this road, it's not the end of the world. It's just that your version of intentionality, whether man or woman, is going to have to be very, very strong. Again, it's not the end of the world. I'm just saying, it's just hard. And that's why you who've been down this route should be teaching your young people to do it right and why you shouldn't be playing this game of telling them to wait forever before they uh, get married because they'll wind up doing the same stupid things you did and now they'll have the problem. Better to do it right in the first place. Why are we talking about these things? Not to make people ba feel bad. We're just trying to encourage you. As I said at the seminar yesterday at the end, if you do marriage right, it can be the closest thing to heaven on earth. If you do it wrong, it can be the closest thing to hell on earth. And anyone who's been on that hell version knows exactly what I'm talking about. Do it right. Just do it right. And if you've been doing it wrong, focus, discipline yourself, control yourself, or be more intentional, but try to get on the same thing. The good news is eventually you die. Well, that's kind of discouraging. <laughs> hey, that's why this is in heaven, man. The good news is we get out of here. Let's hope just not today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your kindness and your grace. Lord, I pray over these wonderful people, for these young people. Lord, that they'll get this in their heads, in their hearts, so they'll just do it right. There's nothing you're trying to withhold from them at all. You're willing to give it all to them. Just help them to do it right. For those who are single, playing this game, God, help them to step back, learn to say no, get a grip so they can start doing life right. Again, you don't deny them any of this stuff. Let them get married. They can do whatever they want then. And Father, for those who are married, a lot of them who are struggling because of all this baggage, I just pray you help them. Help them to be as intentional as they need to be to press past this. Most of all, Lord, help us to stop and break the cycle of crazy in people's lives. Help us to have good, healthy families. Most of all, Lord, help us to be patient with one another. We thank you for forgiveness. We thank you that we can come to you and have forgiveness. And Lord, help us to have forgiveness towards each other because that's what it really takes to make all this work. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. God bless you guys. The good news is we're stopping talking about this. It's, it's Mother's Day next Sunday. <laughs> uh.
we don't want to freak out your grandma. All right, so we're, we're done. We'll be back to spiritual things from there. <laughs>